Welcome back to Innovation Hub. I'm Kara Miller. About 15 years ago, Jeff Karp was a young scientist, and he was sitting in lab one day when he saw something that surprised him. Spider-Man. And it was like this Spider-Man action figure attached to the ceiling. But Spider-Man wasn't on his ceiling. He was in a picture on a colleague's desk, and the picture was looking out at him from one of the most prestigious science journals out there, Nature. It was probably the first time that any, like, you know, action figure had ever appeared in a, a nature journal. Carp, who's now an associate professor at Boston's Brigham and Women's Hospital and at Harvard Medical School, couldn't quite believe what he was seeing. Not surprisingly, he wanted to know what any of us would want to know. How do you get a Spider-Man action figure into a top-level science journal? Turns out, you tape him to the ceiling in a very crafty way. So I went and checked out that paper, and the authors had um, take some learnings from how geckos attach to surfaces, you know, even like a single toe, they can hold on to a, a vertical surface or a ceiling, for example. Uh, and they had mimicked that and created a synthetic tape that they used to kind of stick Spider-Man to the ceiling. And that really opened up the, my world of, of uh, this whole new world of, uh, of bio-inspiration. So back up here for a second. Geckos. How do they stick to ceilings? Well, they capitalize on these very weak attractions that different objects naturally have for each other. And that attraction is generally so weak that we don't notice it. But geckos have figured out how to maximize it. They have all these little hairs on their feet that if you actually look at the hairs under a microscope, you realize they're more like little pillars. And the little pillars are made up of even tinier pillars. So we've got all this weak attraction between the gecko's foot pillars and this smooth wall that they're trying to climb up. But remember, they've got tons of these pillars and tons of these weak connections. And what that does is when you put that onto a surface, it can get into all the nooks and crannies on a surface and maximizes the contact. So you've got your geckos with their special mini pillars on their feet, which allow them to stick to almost anything. And the scientists had taken that idea to build a tape that was super strong, but was not hard to take off, which can come in handy. So think about ripping tape off of a piece of paper, for example, and the damage that that could do to an important document. It would be nice to have a piece of tape that didn't do any damage. But Jeff Karp was not working on important documents. He was working on medicine-related projects, and he started to realize the power that the gecko approach could have for the human body. Because I had been talking to a lot of um, doctors, you know, clinicians, uh, and and it was really apparent to me there was a ton of problems in medicine where sutures and staples were just subpar. They weren't working. They had significant limitations. And so immediately thought that if we could develop a biodegradable gecko-inspired tape that could be implanted anywhere in the body and stick to tissues, that this may be able to address uh, a lot of problems in medicine. Carp did develop that tape for medical uses, but his lab also started down a path that's becoming increasingly important for science, pulling inspiration out of nature. So borrowing from millions of years of these crafty evolutionary adaptations. And it turned out the gecko tape was only the beginning. This led us to develop a, a new tissue glue, which was inspired by sandcastle worms in the sea that sit on rocks, and as the surf hits them, they remain attached, uh, as well as slugs and snails that you sometimes see on the surface of a leaf 
uh, and it's raining and they're not moving. They're kind of stuck there. And through inspiration from these creatures and understanding the mechanisms of how they um, they interact with surfaces, we developed a tissue glue that can attach to almost any tissue in the body. Um, and this glue has actually advanced all the way to human clinical testing. So right now it's undergoing a, a clinical trial in Europe as part of a company, Gecko Biomedical, um, that's testing it for vascular reconstruction. And if all goes well, it, it could be on the market in the near future. So let me take a minute with that tissue glue. I went into Carp's lab with a couple of his undergrads to see how this glue works. My name is Christian Panicha, and I am a research intern at the lab. My name is Yang Sheng Lu, and I am an undergraduate research intern here. So in particular, we are trying to solve this ventricular septal defect, or VSD. This is when there is a hole right in the middle of the wall of your heart, which will cause the blood to flow from the left chamber and right chamber and vice versa. And this has many complications to the patient. Fixing this problem in newborns is nearly impossible. And it's tough on adults, too. Because basically, a doctor has to put a bunch of stitches into your heart, which is traumatic for a body. CARP's solution is glue, and a very special glue, one that works even in the really wet environment of the heart. That's why we look to nature for creatures such as slugs, mussels, sandcastle worms. They secrete these glues, which allow them to stick in wet environments. So you plug a hole in the heart with glue, no stitches, which means the body has a lot less healing to do. So now we can actually see the glue in action. Here we just have a simple tube to mimic a blood vessel. And in a little piece of plastic piping, they made a hole, they spread on the glue, which basically has the consistency of honey, and they dried it with a UV light. Okay, we're putting our UV glasses, okay. So you can see the glue has hardened. Oh yeah, Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, it's hard, yep. Patching up that little hole. All right, so now we're gonna put water through it and just hope that it doesn't come out the hole part, right? A hole in the heart repaired with glue, inspired by slugs. So now let's go back to my discussion with the head of the lab, Jeff Karp, a professor at Brigham and Women's Hospital and Harvard Medical School. We've been really inspired by um, the regenerative potential um, of, uh, of a number of creatures in nature. Um, for example, we know, you know sharks can regenerate their teeth throughout life. We know that certain types of lizards, you can cut off their tail or their you know, whole limb and it will completely regrow. Um, and then we know, you know birds and, and uh, amphibians like frogs and toads can completely regenerate their hearing throughout life. And so we've been very inspired by this. And during the past um, several years, I've been trying to understand the um, biology of tissue regeneration in the human body. Um, And through these studies, we uncovered um, drugs that can actually um, generate new hair cells in the inner ear to potentially restore hearing. There's, uh, you know, 48 million people in the U.S. um, that have uh, hearing deficits, and uh, there are no drugs that are currently available um, to to treat people with hearing loss. Uh, And our hope is that, um, you know, that the uh, drug combinations that we've come up with um, will be able to restore uh, and regenerate the tissue in the cochlea where you have these hair cells um, and this will lead to significant improvements in hearing. Um, is there something on the market that you can think of that has been through that process and you can say, you know, that thing that we know about or that you use or that it happens when you get surgery, that is inspired by nature? 
Well, there's a wonderful um, example of a bio-inspired product that I think almost everybody on the planet is probably aware of, or most people, and that's Velcro. Uh, Velcro was a uh, discovery that somebody had when they were walking through the woods and a burr attached to their clothing. Um, They were very curious and had access to an electron microscope. And they went and took a look and they saw it was like these kind of hook and loop structures. The hooks were coming from the surface of the burrs and the loops were in the the clothing. And they had the idea that maybe this could be a universal adhesive. And so what they did is they went and developed a uh, Velcro, which essentially is a hook and loop structure um, that was inspired by burrs in nature. Bigger than just your lab, where do you think this idea of, you know, biomimicry and inspiration from nature, where do you think it's heading? Are there areas where you think it could particularly, like, be a game changer? I think it can help in almost everything. I mean, we've seen even business businesses that have looked to the Amazon rainforest to see how different creatures, plants and animals live in harmony and what's that communication like and you know where constant inspiration leads to constant innovation, you know? And then even, you know, high-speed trains in in Japan, there's a, the kingfisher bird that has this incredibly aerodynamic beak, and it was modeled after that. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's just almost every industry, there's examples of, of bio-inspiration. And what I find really fascinating is that it's almost like nature is an encyclopedia of solutions, and new chapters are constantly being written as our tools get better and better. So we're able to look at things at higher resolution and look at things we've never looked at before. We're able to uncover new solutions. So I, I see this as really endless possibilities. Jeff Karp is an associate professor at Boston's Brigham and Women's Hospital and at Harvard Medical School. And speaking of endless possibilities, we talked a lot longer, but I'm going to mention just one more nature-inspired project that CARP has worked on. It's one that I've mentioned to everyone I know, and it may just be the most unusual one of all. So you have to get up very close to the porcupine in order for these quills to uh, to insert. But I think it's definitely a very strong reminder if you've ever encountered a porcupine at a close distance that that will likely be the last time you will ever want to get near one. <laughs> yep, you heard correctly, porcupine quills, which Carp was so impressed by that he put them in his neck. I wanted to just get a sense of like, you know, what that felt like. And I'll tell you what was what was really amazing to me is that you almost don't even need to, you, as soon as you touch the quill to skin, it, it, it inserts immediately into the tissue. So it almost requires close to zero force. It, it, it's remarkable. But as easy and painless as porcupine quills are going in, they're just as bloody and painful coming out. Now, why is this interesting? Well, if you've had surgery, you may have been given surgical staples, and they rip tissue a little. So CARP says you can get bacteria and you can get infections around where the staples went in. Plus, someday, they've got to come out. CARP is working on a staple that will insert like a quill, smoothly, without ripping skin, so there is no place for the infection to start. His goal is to make them completely biodegradable, so over time, they break down rather than ever having to be taken out again. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a whip any size, catches these just like flies. Look out, here comes Spider-Man. 
Since we first aired this interview, the vascular glue that Jeff Karp mentioned has actually been approved for sale and development by the European Union. You can find more about that on our website at innovationhub.org.